0: Who's next? Right here. here. On March 23rd. The guys who brought you Mary. I got my ears pierced because I like it. And I got ears pierced because I hate you. That was you on the internet. Are going to take romantic comedy. Excuse me a minute. Okay. Where it's never been before. You just saved something for the honeymoon. What do you think, Yuli? Say it isn't so. I was just born to yank. Rated R. March 23rd. Only in theaters. You like it the juice? Like
1: it the juice? Oh, uh, okay. Am I? Are you where I am as far as this being the new worst?
0: I don't know if it's worse. Bucky Larson caused like that made me angry. This one, I don't know how this one made me feel. Um, it just made me feel good. Well, okay. I don't feel good.
1: Here's the thing: we watched "Say It Isn't So," notorious bad early two thousands comedy. Is it Not notorious? By the Fairly Brothers. I feel it's notorious. I have always remembered it as a bad movie.
0: I never. Uh, I remember when it came out, but I don't remember any kind of like um, uh, uh, critical scorn for it at the time. But there must have been because I remember Chris Klein and Heather Graham having huge careers. Don't you? Oh, are you saying that you think this is the movie that killed both of their careers? This is the last movie they're in. Like, they're in other movies after this, but it's just like... Shit
1: you've never heard of, like, straight-to-video shit. Bit parts
0: and straight-to-video shit. Yeah, this was the last movie that they did. Like, they did not have a career after this. So I think this was a career killer for them.
1: And I will say, I don't hate either of them as actors. I think Heather Graham and Chris Klein can both do good things. I mean, I think Chris Klein has gone on to be like a a so-bad-it's-good kind of actor. But I he was a villain on a season of the Flash. I liked him on that. I've liked Heather Graham and things. I guess nothing since. But I've liked her and I guess she was good on Scrubs. So I don't want to I don't want to lay this on them. But yeah, the no, the way that you say I, that, I, I, mean, I did not I didn't think about it that way. But yeah.
0: Yeah, because I was wondering. I was like, well, what? Where was this in like the uh, the pantheon of both of their careers? And yeah, when I was look, scrolling through their filmography for Chris Klein, it was like American Pie, Election. Um, he had like a. Uh, romantic teen drama, and then this, and then that's it. Like, he never had well, a movie except for outside of the American Pie universe. I was gonna say, I
1: think he came back for all this because I know the director of this also directed American Pie 2 and then nothing else of note.
0: Yeah, this was, oh, this was terrible. <laughs> say it isn't so. From and by the way, this
1: is the Saturday Night Drive podcast, and we watch this because of fucking Sarah Silverman.
0: Oh well, yeah, yeah. We I guess we could introduce ourselves as well. Welcome to Saturday Night Drive, the podcast where we talk about Saturday Night Live and Saturday Night live random movies. We've already said it, but say it isn't so. From two thousand one, uh, starring Chris Klein, Heather Graham, and SNL alum Sarah Silverman. I well,
1: okay. Here's the thing: difference between this and Bucky Larson. Bucky Larson at least had some. I don't want to call it charm, that's not right, but the sort of the exuberance of the main character, he had this sort of innocence, and that was the joke, the juxtaposition between the the gross stuff he's doing and the fact that he's this innocent youth, so it didn't, I don't know, I feel like this didn't even have that, this had like, Chris Klein I guess is the closest, he is kind of an innocent author, but it's all just about, it's just this Job style punishing of this character through this entire movie. It's like if in Bucky Larson, in addition, like if he lost his naivete and through the whole movie, they were just like fucking him in the ass with razor wire. And it's like, isn't this funny? How we just want to beat this fucking lovable oaf through the whole movie?
0: It's like, Jesus Christ, this was so bad. I mean, I guess it's worse than Bucky Larson in that respect, but on the whole, no. But this might make the top, this might make the top ten. Um, Say It Isn't So is a terrible movie. And it... Well, first... Okay, we got to talk about what it's about. So here's the plot. Chris Klein, he meets Heather Graham. They fall in love. Then it's revealed that they're brother and sister. And so then it's all gross. Uh, and then so Heather Graham moves away. Then it's revealed that they're not brother and sister. So Chris Klein, cross-country road trip to meet Heather Graham... To I guess profess his love to her to break up her wedding and that's that's the plot of the movie. So most of the movie takes place after the reveal of them not being related. Am
1: I chasing at windmills here? Thinking like you could have maybe done a version of this somewhat competently on a premise level. I, I but I don't know how you would because that's my my impulse is like make it maybe more serious or more or less. Oh, because my my thing is, like, like, you get to the point where they get to the town, and everybody in the town is against him, but at first it's because they legitimately believe that he's, like, a crazy incest maniac, and I think if they kept that, like, if there wasn't, um, if there wasn't an evil guy who wants to marry her even though he's cheating on her and controls the pot thing which comes to nothing if there wasn't like all of that if like everybody was legitimately just thinking chris klein was the monster and he just couldn't convince them otherwise i think that might have made it somewhat interesting but it's just there no he's the good guy and they're the bad guys and why the why of it which is the incest thing doesn't
0: matter by the end
1: and it's just like it's just it's something to make me feel uncomfortable yeah
0: and what well, yeah because the premise itself is icky but i think if I mean, I think this would work as a dark comedy. Because I was thinking... Um, like, I remember Bobcat Goldthwait said this in an interview. He's like, uh, sometimes I'll see comedies and like something will happen that they'll gloss over and I'll be like, no, 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 I want to follow that guy home. He, I remember he made a... The example he gave was in 21 Jump Street when Rob Riggles uh, gets shot, his dick gets shot off. He's like, my movie would start there and then we would follow him in a dickless life. And we... We skip over so much, like, interesting stuff where we could have explored, because after he finds out that they're brother and sister, we then flash forward 16 months later. What? That 16 months, that's the movie you want to see. Honestly. Him dealing and grappling with the fact that he just fucked his sister. I want to see, like, the Todd Salons movie about
1: the family of his boss, and, like, the the kids, the, the implication, like, the one girl's, like piercing her nipples and the one her brother's like another incest thing she he's watching her on Pornhub or whatever like that's the fucking movie but like a dark fucking twisted ass sequel to happiness
0: yeah this movie means this premise i you can't make the kind of movie they're trying to make with this premise i don't think um
1: well that's the other weird thing about this movie this is a fairly brothers movie except that it's fucking not
0: yeah, no. They it's produced by them. It feels like someone watched a Fairly Brothers movie and was like, "I could do that," and they obviously couldn't.
1: And the guy who did it was apparently the like a first unit director for the Fairly Brothers for like a lot of their career. So it was literally on set watching a lot of those movies be made, and then went, "I guess I can make my own version of that." And the Fairly Brothers said, "Yeah, we'll help you do it." And then they fucking made this, and I just, who do I, because I'm, I, I'm I'm still in that who do I blame phase.
0: Well, no, there's, a I mean, there's an artistry to making a a comedy like this, and I think the Farrelly Brothers really nail it. Um, I, th- this movie just doesn't have any of those touches, and then when it tries to throw in those gags you would like most associate with the Farrelly Brothers movie, it, it does them so poorly that they come off. Everything just comes off fucking clumsy and amateurish in this film.
1: Well, it's interesting because like. I feel like the one-two punch of the Fairley Brothers and American Pie kind of created the early to mid-2000s comedy genre. Like, what we think of as, as that era of comedy.
0: Every teen comedy from this era had someone taking a big shit. Like,
1: exactly. Yeah. But you underestimate how well they were... I, I can't necessarily speak for American Pie. I haven't seen it in years. I don't know if maybe that's better than I remember it. Or at least not as classless as I remember it. But at least for the Fairley Brothers, I feel like they... They get knocked for a lot of shit like this, whereas, like, they were actually a, a lot smarter than maybe they were given credit for. Not to say they. I mean, they made dumb car- comedies, but they at least knew how to construct jokes and pre And they, they wouldn't. I don't think they would have ever gone this far with a premise. I think there's a reason the Fairley brothers didn't direct this movie. They knew what it was and that it shouldn't have been done. I think this is just a favor to their friend. But, like,. This, I feel like this movie is like the quintessential, like what we think of as the shittiness of early 2000s comedy movies, it's this movie, exactly. Because
0: yeah. they're, they're just trying to glam off the success of American Pie by throwing Chris Klein in, and the Farrelly brothers by throwing in all these uh, gross-out jokes and an icky premise in. But yeah, with the Farrelly's, it, it, they know it's about sweetness, it's about heart, like Kingpin take all the gags out of that movie it's still a sweet little road movie oh no and i would say
1: even like there's something about mary you know that the, the end the the char- the Ben Stiller character you know you can like you can kind of deconstruct it like, oh he's like a stalker and, but the movie kind of even does that at the end and it 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 kind of it understands what it's doing but then it also manages to make him a good guy at the end and and you know i i feel like all of their movies do that and and they have a heart to them and this has no fucking heart to it it feels like it has the, the vacuous, empty, hollow core where a heart used to be, and they pulled that heart out, and then they thought they could still make a movie with just a void of, like, like I kind of, rem- I, c- like I can see the the Fairly Brothers version of this where I could care about these characters, but they had no interest in making that movie.
0: No, no, this is uh, yeah. There's absolutely nothing. <laughs> there's nothing to to enjoy about say it isn't so.
1: I kind of liked Orlando Jones's character, actually. I... If he was in a better movie, I think I would have enjoyed
0: him. Yeah, he was fine. I at one when Orlando Jones was introduced, I was like, "Oh, okay." At least now he has a sidekick because, man, my god, Chris fucking Klein, just blandness on top of blandness. He's like the perfect amount of bland. I, I could not care about him at all and his stupid expressionless
1: face. And the problem with that is I'm thinking of Chris Klein as what he would later become, which is like the legend of Chun-Li. And I, I mentioned he's the villain in a season of Flash. And he's he goes very over the top. When he tries to play serious, he's fucking hilarious. And I think self-aware about it. I think he knows that he's not supposed to do that. <laughs> So whenever they make him play like a rough cop or something, he just like fucking ruins it, like on purpose. And so I was think I was looking at that Chris Klein as I was watching this, and I like I'd forgotten like oh yeah, he used to just play a big dumb guy in comedies, and he sucked. Like he this is before he realized oh I suck I should lean into that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, he's just walking through this role with like nothing. And Heather Graham was terrible too. Every time Heather Graham had to cry in the film. I, was she trying to go for like a comic over the top cry or was she just bad crying? Well, I know I started
1: this by saying I, I don't blame Chris Klein or Heather Graham, but I also don't think they're necessarily great. I, I, I don't mind them in movies, but like I don't think she's ever been like amazing. I think people think of Boogie Nights and they go, oh yeah, she's great, right? What else? Give me another one.
0: Oh, um, I liked her in Bowfinger, but no, I don't think Heather <laughs> don't Graham really is. I fucking
1: remember her in Bowfinger.
0: Yeah, she was the, um, uh, the, the the girl who was trying to fuck him for fame. But yeah, that, that's a very specific type of character that she can just play well. She It's not that she's a terrible actress, but yeah, she's not a great actress. And But she's, she ain't good in this. And Chris Klein ain't good in this. And Nobody's good in this.
1: And there's a thing, uh, there, uh, there's a show I watch on YouTube called uh, uh, Welcome to the Basement. And they watch movies and stuff. And uh, they talk about talent bombs where you have... Good actresses, good people in terrible things. And you're like, how did all these good people end up around this cra- trash fire? And you got the Fairley Brothers producing. We got fucking Richard Jenkins and Sally Fields
0: Fuck. as the parents. <laughs> wow. And I felt
1: so <laughs> bad for both of them.
0: Like, Richard Jenkins, when I saw him pop up, I was like, okay, well, this is before, like, uh, the Brothers and the visitor I think were the two that were like oh Richard Jenkins is a thing now and he's been in movies for 20 years and we just never noticed him until now this was like the part of you know no one knew who Richard Jenkins was so I was like good job paycheck this might Sally be the first Field. thing I ever saw him Sally Field has two fucking Oscars and she's doing this shit
1: you mentioned an interview you read I read an interview with Sally Fields where she was talking about uh, the amazing Spider-Man movies because remember she played Aunt May in them Mm-hmm. and uh she was talking about how like i think she was on howard stern or something but i was reading a quote from it and they asked she asked her like did you, did you even like those movies and she's like no it was really a favor for my, my her friend was a producer and it was like her last she was going into retirement so it was her last movie and it was like, "Yeah, i just did it as a favor but you know i just i don't i don't know spider-man superhero movies who cares and it's like I, those movies aren't remembered as that great but i kind of like them but like that she's like holding her so those in contempt. And now I'm thinking, you fucking did it, say it isn't so.
0: You fucking <laughs> and he, bitch. It, and uh, and I've read an interview where Sally Field was like, uh, the the best movie I've ever been in was Say It Isn't So. Fuck Spider-Man. Say it isn't so. Fuck Norma Ray, Forrest Gump, uh, All my Oscars. And say she, it isn't so. And was I the feel one like she's
1: with. actually trying in this. Not that she's not that she's accomplishing anything good, but I feel like she has an idea, like, I think I can make this funny. And she's not.
0: Oh, yeah, no. She's trying to be funny in this in this movie. It's one of those movies where everybody's on a different level, uh, performance-wise and tone-wise. But her and a couple of the other people are, like, almost are acting like they're in a Three Stooges short.
1: Well, Orlando <laughs> Jones is that way as well. But it worked, I think, for him, because he's such a an alien, weird cartoon character. Whereas... With the Sally Fields character, she's, like, the worst person in the world. She's ruining her daughter's life and another man's life for her own personal enrichment. And, I mean, she gets punished at the end, okay? She has a stroke, and now she's condemned to a wheelchair. Good for the world of the movie, I guess. But I just, throughout all of it, I'm That's the thing. It's just, this movie just fucking slaps its fucking dick in your face with just how punishingly amoral it is, like... You like that these characters are going through this horrible fucking shit and just getting further and further into the shit, don't you? Isn't it funny how their lives are ruined and they're humiliated over and over and over again? Don't you love that? No! Why would I want that?
0: Well, it's not like... um, I think they could have done more with the incest, but yeah, this is a movie where it's just like...
1: We got a title for the episode, I think they could have done more with the incest.
0: (laughs) Chris Klein... uh, on his way back to find Heather Graham, he's just getting it's vignettes of Chris Klein gets punched in the face. Chris Klein is in this thing and he falls in the mud. Chris Klein he, is in this thing and he falls in the river. Then he punches
1: and then, into a cow's ass.
0: Why? And then he gets
1: because Tom Green was popular at the time.
0: He gets his hands stuck in a cow's ass, um, and so yeah, you're seeing that torment. But yeah, I the incest thing as soon as they reveal. That oh, you've been fucking your sister, like the movie should go way more in that direction. Like he should, uh, the comic complications should come from that, right? I mean, sometimes they do because people think he's a pervert, but you know, him fucking his sister had nothing to do with his sticking a his hand in a cow's ass.
1: But that's the the weird like dilemma of this movie is that because they, they understood that they couldn't make every joke about the incest they had to add the shit that he, basically it becomes Heather Graham thinks he's gone insane and everything is validating that misunderstood belief but yeah the, based on the premise you should think every comic misunderstanding should come from everybody thinks he fucked his sister except him
0: yeah, and that's what I'm interested in. But you can't if that make was that a com- movie.
1: That doesn't. <laughs>
0: See, I think you can't. So you you think that was a conscious choice? They were like, oh, okay, we've established the incest, but we can't focus on solely the incest angle. We have to just make it a series. It's a comp- uh, other complications that are. I feel
1: like they got two thirds into the script and then they hit a wall where it's like we're out of possible complications that could come from the incest joke, and so we have to fucking have him punch his fist into a cow's ass. Right. That's the They're only like, okay. thing we can do.
0: We've ran out of reasons why incest makes his life miserable. Let's just have him stick his hand in a cow. Yeah, uh, I couldn't tell if it was that or if it was them going like, yeah, we. It's going to be too icky if we just like stay on the incest angle. And I think that's why they almost immediately resolve it because what happens is uh, you know Chris Klein and Heather Graham they fall in love. Chris Klein um, was adopted, so he's got a detective who's looking for his birth parents. And then he, the detective calls him right after they fuck and says, hey, I found your birth mother. It's Sally Field. And they're like, oh my God, you fucked your sister. Oh no, this is terrible. She moves away. And then like next scene, the, the, the real son comes in and it's like, oh no, 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 you weren't the, the brother after all. Like, like I said, they could have done way more with the incest, but they, I think they made a conscious decision to like not have a sit with that.
1: Maybe, but I just well, because like you know, I do this thing all the time on this show where I, I flex my own amateur screenwriter muscle, and like I could easily make this movie better and make it work because it's not working the way I'm watching it. So here's oh, the yeah. simple this is things one, I could do. This is <laughs> one
0: I want to fix.
1: At the same time, I have nothing for it. I got no way to make this a
0: movie. <laughs> just with the what would you do with the premise? So yeah. I'm saying premise: Chris uh, Chris Klein and Heather Graham um, fall in love. Twenty minutes into the movie, it's revealed that uh, their brother and sister. What what do you do? Where do you go with that? Premise?
1: Well, I have two avenues that I would go, but I don't know how to resolve either of them. The first is close to what they do, except you you eliminate the evil guy. Basically, the other guy is a perfectly nice, normal option, and he's only going at he's only exerting his muscle to to stop Chris Klein because he legitimately thinks he's a, a pervert, and that goes for everyone. So there's no evil plot. It's all the misunderstanding. So that it's... I don't know. There's just maybe a little more nuance to it. Or you don't make the reveal public. It's not that everybody thinks he's a sister fucker. It's that they find out, oh, you're my sister. We can't be together anymore. But... I still want to be your brother. I still want to be part of the family. This is a fucked up thing that happened, but you know now I have a family, and now she's gonna go off and marry somebody else that she doesn't love, and she still loves her brother, but or the person thinks she thinks is his brother her brother, but like she like like so like it's up to the it's up to towards the end or like the 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 end, end of the the act or the second act when they, when she they find out oh, I'm not actually your brother. Or he finds it out, but by that point it's gone too far, or something like that. I don't I don't know I. I
0: no, Whatever I think that's where I would take be, it. Too. I
1: feel like it's it's not this.
0: No, uh, I don't. I think making it like a road trip to get because it also the way they do it doesn't make fucking sense. Because what happens is Chris Klein finds out that oh Heather Graham isn't my sister. So what does he do? A cross country road trip to Oregon when you could have just picked up the phone and said oh hey Heather Graham I'm going to explain everything to you. I'll be in Oregon in a few days. Why doesn't he fucking call her and explain the situation? So then when he gets to Oregon, she still thinks he's his brother and it's gross.
1: Well, and that's and there are so many things like that in this movie because ultimately how they find out that uh, Gilly isn't her brother is because he, her actual brother, the actual long lost son, comes to the door and is like, hey, I found you. I'm your, your son. And they're like, oh... Well, we've been living with this guy for sixteen months. He must be a con artist. And then the mo- it turns out the mom wants to ensure that Heather Graham still marries the guy, the other guy, because he's rich. So she calls Heather Graham and is like, "Hey, uh, that guy who thought who is your brother? Who you know? He's gonna come there. He's gone crazy since you last met him, and he's talking about an imaginary friend named Leon, which is the name of the real brother." It's like, what is her long-term plan? Is she never going to introduce her actual brother to her, even after she's married the guy under false pretenses?
0: Yeah, so Heather Graham is going to marry a guy, and then somewhere down the line, Sally Field will introduce Heather Graham to her actual brother. Um, But by that point, I guess they'll have the money. And, and, you know, sometimes you're just not thinking, you know, you're in the middle of a scheme. You're like, okay, my daughter thinks she fucked her brother. Turns out, wasn't her brother. I, I still have to do something here. You know, that was maybe just plan A. She didn't think too far ahead.
1: And okay, so when it ended, I couldn't quite tell. Was she in on it with the uh, the other guy the whole time? Did she know from the beginning?
0: That they weren't? I don't think so.
1: Because, that, cause if they, for, first off, this is the thing. Oh,
0: because, yeah, no, they, uh, at the very end, they turn uh, Heather Graham's fiancé. It turns out he was the one who planted the misinformation that set this whole thing up. But so, he sent that they have to, to make the him detective the bad guy.
1: under false pre- There's no, I don't think they make the connection that she knew that he was doing that.
0: I don't think uh, Sally Field knows that that's the case. because um, She just exploited she seems, it after the fact. Yeah, because she seems genuinely shocked when uh, her actual son shows up and she finds out that Chris Klein isn't the isn't the brother, and I think, and that's when she calls Heather Graham and is like, "Well, I I need to stop her from getting back together with Chris Klein, so I'm going to keep the the lie alive." I guess.
1: I mean, because it could kind of go either way, and like you wouldn't put it past her to have known all the time based on just her character, but because th- th- that's the thing that's the plot hole. Well, it's not even a, really a plot hole; it's just such an insane coincidence that this movie hinges on which is that Chris Klein is adopted and doesn't know his birth mother and the mother of the woman that he happened to meet and fall in love with also happens to have given up a child
0: happened to have uh, given up a child for adoption yeah that's why that's why they think it's true because when Chris Klein is like you're my mother she's like oh fuck yes I gave a, one of my I gave my son up for adoption I couldn't afford them and I've kept it a secret so she like admits that it's true but it turns out it wasn't Chris Klein. It was. It happened to be some other kid who just happens to show up on their doorstep 16 months after they think Chris Klein is the brother.
1: And I think if they had cut the, the other brother out, had some other way to reveal it, and then it was all a scam from the beginning, like she pretended to have given up another kid... Like she was in on it, that would have made more sense. And I think that would have been more rewarding by the end. Because, I mean, it would make her even worse as a character, but I, I don't think that matters at that point.
0: No, that's where they should have gone. Sally Field should have been the ultimate villain. She should have set this whole up. Like, she made up the lie that they were brother and sister, specifically because she didn't want them getting together because Sally Field wanted Heather Graham to marry this rich millionaire. And then you can keep the millionaire super nice because what I thought they were setting up was something that I was really interested in. When Chris Klein gets to Oregon, we um, we are introduced to the guy Heather Graham is marrying and he's introduced by saving this uh, hobo. He like picks this hobo up and he's like, hey, go to the hotel, go get yourself a shower. Tomorrow you'll meet me back here and I'll get you a job. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's like the world's nicest millionaire. So now she has to choose between world's nicest millionaire and guy she's in love with that she thought was her brother a couple months ago. That's an interesting concept. But then they abandon that and he becomes evil because he's cheating on her with Sarah Silverman. But yeah, if Sally Field was the villain the whole time and she was the main evil in this movie, that would have just been a a much better movie and wouldn't have given all the fucking plot holes and shit. Well, because
1: it would have made both characters more interesting because right now, Sally Field's character is just this craven opportunist. But if she was that Machiavellian... And that willing to go that far, you know, for her own... At least that makes her, like, smart rather than just a fucking asshole.
0: Yeah, and it would justify giving her a stroke at the end because she gets her comeuppance by having a stroke at, like, the the final five minutes of the movie. And then one of the last scenes is her, like, in a wheelchair, like, like, yeah, she deserves this. She was the... But she wasn't the main bad guy. She was a bad guy. But if she was the ultimate bad guy, then you'd go like, ah, fuck you, Sally Field. You deserved that. So you know, and I think also with the
1: making the the rich guy a legitimately good guy, and like make him like comically good, because the cliche is always the other guy she's marrying is an asshole. But I always hate that because it's like I'm supposed to think you're a smart person. Why are you with this person that is clearly evil and fucking cheating on you and all this shit? And you're never finding out. It's it makes that character seem dumb to me yeah. all the time. So you know, like that, that the idea of like oh, I was watching. Uh, bubble boy the jake gyllenhaal movie and has a similar thing where it's like he's literally the guys behind her back as they hug and he's making these lewd it's like you don't (laughs) see that he's doing that like right next to your head like and it's been like to make him like comically like amazing and philanthropic so that like building that decision up that would also make fun of that cliche in in an interesting and novel way
0: yeah Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, that whole way is just a stupid way to tell this story. What I would do is, um, I think this was similar to the the second option you had. I would, um, yeah, they, they find out, they fall in love, they fuck, they find out that they're brother and sister and yeah, they stay together, like in the same town. It's weird, but you know, we spend a little time seeing how they adjust and how they adjust to this lifestyle. Like you were my lover, but you are... My family, like, I'm not just going to cut you out because you're family, so we'll have to make this work. They stay together as a family, and then a couple, maybe a year down the line, she meets the man of her dreams, another guy. And then when they're getting together, you re- they find out that they're not brother and sister. So, and I, yeah, I don't know where we go with that um, once we're there, but I think that's a dynamic I've at least never seen in a movie before where she's like, oh my brother or this millionaire. I'm torn and I love—I can love both of them equally, so it's kind of a difficult decision I have to grasp.
1: You know, this is a fucked up solution to all of this. But I, I'm almost... I, and I'm thinking of like, like a 90s indie movie, like an early 90s indie movie that might have done this more... Ge- like, okay, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe this is wrong and you're going to fucking tell me I'm an asshole for saying it. Cut the jokes, make it. I mean, you can have some jokes, but make it like more of like a, a drama. Yeah. And he actually is her brother, but he's but she didn't know that before she fell in love with him, and then the actual legitimate dramatic choice is: do I the person I love with, who society says I shouldn't be with, or the person that everybody wants me to be with because he's not my brother?
0: Yeah, I. I you know, it's it's could you fucked do up. That? I think you could. I mean, um. Remember? Have you ever heard of that movie, Spanking the Monkey?
1: Yeah, I've never seen it, but uh, with um, guy from Lost, uh, Jeremy
0: Davies, yeah. uh, d- directed by David O. Russell, is his first movie, and yeah, it's basically about a guy fucking his mom. Like that's like that's the plot of the movie. I can't remember the details of how it happens, but he fucks his mom in that movie.
1: Well, yeah, but I think I can't imagine the end of that movie is and that's the good thing
0: to do yeah <laughs> like, i don't i don't think they get married at the end of the movie
1: <laughs> but that's what i'm saying is like actually there's like okay we're gonna get we're gonna get it we're gonna go here but it's like incest we say is wrong for various genetic reasons and cultural reasons but i think there's enough room to ask the question like if two people love each other and they happen to be brother and sister you know is it that wrong You
0: know, if they grew up together, yeah. But in a situation like this... In a
1: situation like this specifically. Because, like, like, normally when we think of incest as, like, the horrible thing, usually because it's in the context of, like, sister wives and, like, cults that practice it and shit. But, like, if it's two consenting adults that just happen to be related to each other, I don't know that I necessarily have that much of a moral issue with it, honestly.
0: You know, because, like, what if it was a situation where, um, you know, maybe this would be more interesting... They do fall in love. They do get married. They don't find out their brother and sister until... They have kids. They, or may, I was going to say until they, they're planning on children. Like maybe that's how they figure it out. Like they they finally go to the hospital and see some records. And they're like, yes, we're going to have a baby. Oh, fuck. We can't have a baby. And then that's, that's the quandary you're wrestling with. I, I'm already at this decision where I want to have a child with this person. Can I have a child with my brother or sister? See, I think
1: that Can I do that? I think that story works even better if she's pregnant and they're having the child. And then it's like, do we have an abor- do we are we obligated to have an abortion because that's a fucking incest baby or yeah. do we just fucking lean into it and say that's our incest baby and we love him?
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I've been with uh, my fiance for 8 years. <sighs> well, I don't know what the fuck I would do if I found out tomorrow. <laughs>
1: And that's the I, thing, because you're you're, so, you're already so used to that relationship. It's like, is this weird fact that everybody else would be would throw up at? Is that gonna stop it? I don't know. I well, I don't know. I think know. there's there is a story there, but that's at that point that's so far away from the
0: movie we got. Oh yeah, no. I I'm just talking on a premise level. Guy and girl fuck, and then they find out they're brother and sister. There's you can make that movie, but I don't think you can make it in this tone, and I don't think you can. Make it with the the script that they wrote,
1: and I think there have been movies somewhat like that because I know there's a movie that they reference well, in um, Arrested Development when uh, George Michael wants to fuck his cousin. There's a movie that he watches, which I believe is either the real a reference to an actual movie or a parody of an actual movie from like there's the a parody, 70s. yeah. But I but that I think that movie still exists where it was like cousins fucking and like, but it's like a romance, like you're not. Either you're not supposed to think that it's gross or by the end you're supposed to think that their love conquers all or whatever. But so I think they have done something sort
0: of like that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it used to happen all the fucking time in the old days. I mean, still probably does. (laughs) But like, you know... Well,
1: fucking Rudy Giuliani's married to his cousin. Yeah,
0: you know, kings would, not you know... uh, Like royalty, royal families, they'd be fucking their cousins all the time.
1: Well, that was the joke of blue bloods. Their blood was so blue because they were so riddled with incest deformities that... that was the idea so I
0: think basically what we're saying is hey you fucking woke kids you got it all wrong we need to legalize sister fucking
1: see I feel like the woke new generation would be on board with sister fucking I feel like
0: it's the the boomers good 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 I I thought we were uh, you know we were standing up for traditional values but no yeah we're ultra woke now
1: We've... We're so woke, we're fuck. Oh wait, we're our only siblings, so we're not so woke that we're fucking our own siblings, but we're so woke that we think you can fuck your sibling, potential hypothetical listener.
0: I'm so woke, I'm fucking my sister. I think you got something wrong here. I think
1: I want that on a t-shirt. I think we need to start selling what? t-shirts now, as of episode whatever.
0: Sister fuckers ain't people. We're all people deep down inside.
1: I think, I'm so woke, I'm fucking my sister. <laughs> Saturday Night Drive podcast right under it.
0: <laughs> uh, okay.
1: And just our, our faces with thumbs up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Alright, what else about this movie? Because, um, yeah, I want to go through this movie and, like, point out the things it does wrong that it could have done right. This was a movie I really wanted to fix. Like, I, I think I kind of want to make remake this movie i would not remake this movie. Just take the fucking... I guess I'm just saying I want to take the premise of Sister Fucking and make a movie about it.
1: Well, I can tell you um, I play a game with my other podcast with Nate uh, called This Meets That where we combine movies. And there's a movie we've always wanted to write that one of the combinations is Say It Isn't So. I can't remember what the other one is. But uh, it's called Keep It in the Family. And the idea is it's from the parents' perspective. So the idea is you have these two parents who they gave a son or they gave a daughter away when they weren't ready to have kids and then like a couple years later they had a son and then the son brings home a girl and throughout the course of the conversation and various things adding up they come to believe that the girl is the daughter they gave away and then it becomes the dilemma on their part do we tell them do we ruin them we have to say something though right or do we and it becomes all about that that side of it uh where they they know they know but the kids don't know and it's like over the course of a dinner party like like meeting the family and that's what we've always wanted to write that movie, but we have never been able to crack it, for the same reason they were never able to crack this movie, and ultimately made it about punching cows in the in the asshole. I don't know. You know, but I don't know. Maybe you want if you want to take a crack at that story. Okay,
0: well, because I think all right. So all right. So here's here's the the movie the the plot of the movie that I think could work. And you can't. I don't think you can make it a comedy. Making an incest comedy. I don't know.
1: Okay, but the rule is it has to have Orlando Jones' character in it and he has to be a cartoon. Yeah,
0: we'll, no, we'll definitely throw Orlando Jones in the film. <laughs> you need to pepper it with something.
1: By the way, is he supposed to be a Vietnam vet? <laughs> because I don't think he's older. Um,
0: no, he he said he lost his legs in a plane crash.
1: Oh, that's Yeah, okay. I think
0: he's just a crazy guy with no legs. Um, That just happens to wear like a... Because uh, he's flat-jacket. dressed like you
1: would dress a crazy Vietnam vet right. in a movie from the 80s. Well, he's
0: like a pilot and like a pot smoking pilot. So, no, yeah, no, I, def- I don't think he's a, an army vet. Um, all right, so the plot of the incest movie guy meets girl. They fall in love, find out that they're brother and sister, decide to stay as a family. After that, woman meets other guy. When they're getting um, they're about to get married, they're engaged and then he finds out they're not the sister but the brother and sister have built up this relationship they they haven't been sexual towards each other since they found out they were brother and sister but they have already formed this bond so it's like now instead of falling in love romantically they they're falling in love platonically now they have not only a lover bond but a brother sister bond too so it's like two bonds together uh and and then yeah I think and then I think um hmm, where do you go from there I guess she still likes the millionaire, but she still likes her. Uh, she's now rekindling romantic relationships with the guy she thought was her brother, and then I don't even think it's icky at all at that point.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it, that it just becomes about what is she? What choice does she make? Because at that, from, from the audience perspective, the audience is always is geared based on years of movies to think the the plucky underdog is your one true love. And the other guy, he's probably, probably an asshole. But even if he's not, he's not the one, one, the person that she loves because we already met that person. We know what their love is. And in this, you just add that extra wrench of a complication of, oh, yeah, but they're fucking brother and sister. And in this case, and I'm assuming in your pitch, there is no... Re- oh, no, you said that they find out. Well, because th- the thing is, if they find out that they're not brother and sister, there's no dilemma. She just goes back to him. Yeah,
0: that's right. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh, wait, I guess the movie's over. <laughs> I guess she'll just go with Chris Klein. So
1: I think it makes more makes it more interesting if they if they never have that reveal they are brother and sister, and they just have to deal with that, and the fact that they love each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah.
1: And she has to get over because like the trauma of finding out that the person, the man he she loved, was her brother, and the, that she still wanted to keep him in her life, but she's developed this like, this pathological fear of ever crossing that line again, and like letting herself feel what she felt. So that's the barrier that he has to to make. Like he has to like get her to, like, let go of that and go, like, I know we both think this is gross, but I can't stop thinking about you. You can't stop thinking about me. You're about to marry somebody you don't love just to get away from me, the person you do love. You could do that, and you'll be unhappy for the rest of your life. We could deny this, and we'll be unhappy for the rest of our lives. Or we could just say, fuck all the dumb shit and just fucking get together. That, or
0: what if it's like, okay, so they've, uh, you know, they've kind of, they dropped the romance right away. So they've just been brother and sister. Um, And then... Um, something happens where she has to reveal to her fiance that she fucked this guy at one point. Um, either it comes up accidentally or something, but it's revealed to him and he is just like upset, grossed out about it. So they have a big fight. She comes to back to the brother and that's where they rekindle their love. It's been dormant for years, but you know, the, as they're, you know, she's trying to be comforted and as he's comforting her, you know, they just kinda uh, they start fucking again.
1: And then the other guy comes back and says, I'm sorry I freaked out. I still want to be with you. I you know I it's I understand it's a horrible fucking thing. Oh wait, you're fucking him again.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But I think you could make it. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think I can write this movie in five seconds.
1: Well, totally I'm thinking more of like a like a chasing Amy kind of thing, where the romance and stuff isn't necessarily funny, but you can have like a side character. Like, say, an Orlando Jones type. <laughs> you know, you could have characters that are funny in their reaction to what's happening.
0: Yeah, but... it could still be light, yeah. you know. Because, yeah, you could play their, their romance together sweet. And then... I don't know, but, yeah, incest, it's a, it's a fucking tricky subject. I don't know how you... As, I keep thinking, like, but then their brother and sister fucking... <laughs> There's no way to get around that and not go, ooh. So maybe you just shouldn't touch it. Maybe they should have come up with the premise to this movie and went let's workshop something else yeah let's make any of the other possible
1: movies we could make that don't have incest in them (laughs) right we started
0: with incest but
1: let's walk it back a little bit here's how you end the movie we were just talking about the mother who's been disgusted this whole time reveals i was just projecting your your father and i we were brother and sister too
0: (laughs) I thought that was gonna be, I, I thought that was gonna be the main reveal, is that it turns out Sally Field and Richard Jenkins were brother and sister. I thought something was gonna happen there, <clears throat> but instead, what they do—spoiler alert—for the very end, during their courtship, Chris Klein and Heather Graham, uh, she looks up at a poster of Suzanne Somers, and he's like, "Yeah, I used to whack it to that like five times a day in high school. Uh, yeah, I used to just whack off all the time to Suzanne Somers." And so at the very end, the last shot of the movie is the private detective comes back. I said, I found your real mother. And it's Suzanne Summers. And so I guess now the, the sequel is going to be him grappling with the fact that he masturbated to his mom every day for 10 years.
1: Yes. The sequel to the incredibly successful film. <laughs> you know, they're doing those movies now like Blade Runner and shit where it's like it's a sequel but it's 20 years later. <clears throat> I feel like what we've all been waiting for is the sequel to fucking say it isn't so where, say it isn't so 2021 where Chris Klein is just like despondent over having jerked off to his mother who happens to be <laughs> one of the ladies from Three's Company
0: it's just a big long awkward dinner conversation where no one's talking Suzanne Somers is like do you like the potatoes Chris Klein and he's like uh,
1: uh. and I mean I actually think that's not a bad joke to end the movie on like again the better movie that this could have been I guess maybe and I and I feel like if you were just going to go even further with it, you have the reveal of the mom and the dad or brother to brother and sister too. You know, there you could go darker with it even, but I don't know. I I just I don't know if this movie knew what it wanted to be. I don't know what it should have been. I don't know if any of the possible alternatives would work. I feel like none of them would. I feel like you just don't do this.
0: Yeah. Well, it when you break really break down the the movie It's just a movie about a guy. A guy lose. Guy gets girl. Guy loses girl. Guy wins girl back. So the reason why he loses the girl could have been anything. It didn't have to be incest.
1: And the point where you make it incest, that's where you go. We're all in on incest. That's the joke of our movie. Let's do it. The movie didn't have. Maybe yeah. Maybe it was just that they didn't have the balls to do it. Maybe it wasn't reaching the end of the incest. Maybe it was like. Okay, we 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 had this really crass, gross idea for a Fairly Brothers type comedy about incest, and then when the, maybe the studio was like, "You can't make an incest movie. Well, you already greenlit it. Okay, well just don't make it about too much incest."
0: Yeah, it's it's almost like incest is just one more of the complications when it should be the main complication. Because once you introduce that in your movie, you gotta fucking keep rolling with it. You can't just drop it all of a sudden. Cause like we're talking like the the
1: brother characters the the brother of the rich, the brothers of the rich guy I think there's there's brothers right.
0: You yeah, one of them is yeah. Yeah,
1: and they're like these gross ass rednecks and like at one point one of them's like yeah we're gonna capture you we're gonna fuck you in the ass and jerk you off <laughs> and it's like it goes to dark places independent of the incest and the other guy is just this fucking reprobate who's like they're taking naked pictures of her while she sleeps and shit like and stealing her panties and like. I feel like they went dark enough where I'm surprised there weren't more darker incest jokes given all the other kind of jokes they do.
0: Yeah, and they almost treat the incest like it's, uh, like it's quaint, you know? I mean, it's treated as a joke when it happens, when it's revealed. Um, but then pe- other people in the movie are like, oh, man, if my sister looked like Heather Graham, I'd fuck her too. You know, so, like, the movie itself is like, it's not that big of a deal.
1: And you know what I would have done? You said it in this small town, right? And it's like this small, out of the way town. And the joke about small towns like that is everyone knows each other and everyone's practically related. I feel like there are even places in the world that, like, you have to take a genetic test before you like fuck somebody because, like, there like so many people are related that they want to make sure you're not fucking your sister accidentally. Like, there are like places in the Netherlands that are like that. They're like, they're so close knit. And, like, make that the, the ultimate reveal that everyone in this town is related somehow. Like, we're all <laughs> fucking our cousins and didn't even know it.
0: Uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be down for that. Um, can we talk about Richard Jenkins? Uh, we already talked about how I'm glad he took a paycheck for this, but um, he's playing a, a stroke victim. Are we going, I didn't, is this I didn't gonna like this. going
1: to be a Homer and Eddie situation where only stroke victims can play stroke victims? <laughs>
0: Wait, Kirk Douglas was around in 2001.
1: Oh, I'm sure he would have loved to do Say It Isn't So right after fucking Diamonds.
0: (laughs) No, I didn't, um, I didn't have a problem with Richard Jenkins' performance. No, he's always great. Yeah, and, um, I didn't, I didn't think he was ever playing a stroke victim for, like, laughs. They, they have fun at his expense, um, but I don't, I didn't see anything from Richard Jenkins performance that I was like, Oh, come on, man. You, you can't, you don't do that. That's offensive. But like, it's the movie I blame for. Cause like, there's a point where, you know, he can't move because he's had a stroke. So he can't talk. He speaks through a voice box. And then like, at one point they're dragging him out of the car and his head is between a guy's legs, like right in his nutsack. And I'm like, I, I just didn't like that. It just felt like, I don't know. This guy was helpless. Like he wasn't a bad guy.
1: Well, that's that was the thing the movie I think tried to do, but like went halfway with it. Where like, because he says like I went along with it because you know I wanted the money too at the end. But he also tries to stop it. That was by the end. He's he's you know realized that his ha- daughter's happiness is more important than money. So he kept trying to stop the wedding. But of course he's a stroke victim so they can subdue him easily, you know? So that I think kind of redeems it a little bit.
0: Yeah. I thought they were going to make, have a twist where he was faking it the whole time. Like he was like, Oh yeah, no, I, I just pretended to, to have a stroke just so I wouldn't have to do shit for my wife, Sally field. Uh, just so I could sit in the chair and watch TV that's all day. The thing, cause
1: she's such a bitch. He could be like, cause I just fucking hate her so much.
0: Yeah, and like you would be like, Yeah, that's justified.
1: I'd have done the same thing, man.
0: Yeah, no, I thought that would have been fun, yeah, if he ended up he was faking it for the reason that Sally Field is such a horrible person. (laughs) Or he could have been faking it because he's just, you know, a villain. And then it would be fun to see him get knocked around. But yeah, that's the problem with movies like this when gross stuff happens to people, it's like it needs to happen to him for the right reason. Like when the when Richard, Jen- when stroked out, Richard Jenkins had his head in some guy's nutsack. I was like, "That's not funny. That that's just like that poor guy." That's like that doesn't make me want to laugh when it when they're playing stuff like that for laughs.
1: Well, that's the thing because I think the movie up to that point wanted you to see him as a villain, much like Sally Field, like he was in on it. But I don't know that the movie quite established that well enough because, like, maybe he was in on it, maybe he wasn't, or maybe he just didn't care. You know, up to that point, like, you could have gone either way with it. And then by the end, you realize he was in on it but reluctant, so, like, it's still not enough.
0: Well, it's like he was in on it but didn't do anything to stop it. And honestly, in his defense, there's not much he can do. His stroke is legitimate. He, like, can't really move or talk that well. So it's not like he could really stop things. I mean, I guess he could have told Heather Graham, but I guess probably Sally Field was like, no, we keep this quiet, we get the money. And it's not like he likes Chris Klein, so what the fuck?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If if Chris Klein was like sweet to him or something, and like I don't know, I don't know how they would have done that character justice. I kind of like the idea of him having faked it just to spite Sally Fields. And you know, like, because this is the the only movie where you could do that and still like the guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and then okay, so a fix to that character, I think, would be you know, uh, make him slightly more invalid. um, So he can't really communicate that well. Um, And then at the very end, he makes the reveal uh, that they weren't brother and sister because he rips off his thing and goes, no, I can't stay silent anymore. This is all a sham. But like we established that the reason why he hasn't said anything to this point is because he's been keeping this stroke scam up so long. He doesn't want to stop it. Until finally he sees like Heather Graham like start to tear up about Chris Klein or something and realizes that they're in love
1: you know and that's the other thing the resolution to the, the whole misunderstanding all happens without Chris Klein even being there like the other brother shows up to the wedding like sort of inadvertently and kind of gives the game away so like it all just sort of resolves itself on its own like a, like a domino set or something
0: As almost everything in this movie does.
1: I feel like if there had been a thing where like he had to convince Heather Heather Graham, and he's trying to tell her like your family's lying to you, and she has to be like my family would never lie to you, and that's when Richard Jenkins gets up and like I've been faking this stroke for an insurance scam, medical insurance scam for years. We we are fucking inveterate liars. He's telling you the truth, and this is the first time in my life I've told you the fucking truth that we suck. And then Sally Fields looks at him like you were faking the whole time, (laughs) like trying to pretend that you know she didn't know. You know, yeah. like that's the reveal. That's what pushes Heather Graham over the edge. Like, oh, I guess my family's, are, my family's a bunch of pieces of shit. And you're the only one that, that I can trust.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would have liked that better. Um, but yeah, instead he just, you know, he, he reveals it really for no reason. Well, because yeah, there's so many things that just get revealed and ended. Like, um, spe- jumping to that. So what happens at the very end of the movie is everybody thinks Chris Klein is dead When they announce that to Heather Graham, she cries, and then they just say like, "Oh yeah, uh, by the way, he wasn't your brother. Um, Sally Field lied to you the whole time. Um, Everything's everything's resolved. That was just raised.
1: She Sally Field accidentally calls the recognizes her her real son and calls him Leon, which is the name that she used in her lie." Because she, remember she called Heather Graham and said, Chris Klein's going to come to you and talk about this guy named Leon. He's a crazy guy and he's got an imaginary friend named Leon. But then when she uses the name to refer to the actual guy, that's what gives the
0: game away. Oh, that happens before Richard Jenkins? Yeah. Oh, okay. Richard Jenkins so sort guess, of yeah.
1: confirms it. He comes up at later and says, no, we, we were lying.
0: Yeah, and reveals that the millionaire was the guy who planted the false information in the first place, which yeah, how would he know? that? I guess the only unless, way he would know
1: unless Sally Field wasn't on
0: it. Unless Sally Field wasn't, I on, didn't so think maybe about they that, were. Yeah, because yeah, there's no other way he would. know. But yeah, I, well, I guess the revelation of their son was real, and I it's don't, just their lie to Chris Klein wasn't. And
1: what does the millionaire get out of this? Because like the millionaire's already cheating on Heather Graham with with Sarah Silverman. Good point. Who are I would say comparably <laughs> attractive, like like. If I'm with Sarah Silverman, I'm not going like, oh, I really need some of that Heather Graham strange. and Like, I want to marry this girl so I can cheat on her and just have her in my house and we be, go behind her back with the local girl that already lives here. I But instead, I concocted this thing to get her here by ruining this other guy's life for no
0: reason. Yeah, at that point, yeah, why even marry Heather Graham? Just date her and have sex with whoever you want, if that's the kind Mary of cat you Silverman. are. Sarah Silverman,
1: she's perfectly nice. Or
0: marry Sarah Silverman. Um She gives you blowjobs in your hot tub. That's true. She's she's the perfect lady. Uh, Because, yeah, like, remember when um, another thing that gets, like, just resolved for no fucking reason. Remember when Chris Klein gets beat up by the brothers uh, and then they put him on a plane to Mexico. And then the next scene, he's just back from Mexico. Like, he just drove back in a car.
1: And all I could think of is, how do you get somebody on a plane if they're unconscious? Don't they need a passport and a ticket and like to confirm consciously that yes, I am getting on this plane?
0: No, you just drag a lifeless body on there and strap them in. I think that's how it works. Did the
1: did the people, the, like the stewardesses and everything, did they not question that?
0: I guess not. Um, oh, and then also, fuck man. Okay, I I have some notes from just shit that pissed me off. Remember. Um, so, Kevin Klein, or Kevin Klein, <laughs> this would have been a much better movie with Kevin Klein in the lead. I think so. Have him play Heather Graham's character. Uh, Chris Klein, he's in a bar talking with Orlando Jones, and he's like, Yeah, uh, Heather Graham, she's marrying this rich guy, Jack. And Orlando Jones is like, Oh, yeah, Jack, he's a great guy. You know what you should do is you should just let her be happy and marry that guy. And you should just stay out of the picture. He's like, oh, I I don't know about that. But then he randomly meets Heather Graham and he does that. He has a flashback to that moment and he's like, you know, the best thing in this situation, because she still thinks I'm her brother, I'm going to let you marry the millionaire. And then the next scene, Orlando Jones is like, oh no, I was lying to you when I said that. He's really a bad guy. It's just everything that gets set up just gets instantly fucking either removed or uh, settled in the next scene.
1: And I think that that could have been solved with one line where he said, because he says, like, I only said that he was a good guy because I was in the bar and everybody loves him and, you know, he's got eyes everywhere because he controls the town. He could, and he could have went like, I was doing it for your own good. You get out of here so he, you're not in, his, in this guy's sights. But then I had a change of heart. Love wins all. Like, he like he could have justified that as been like, you know, oh, I, I, I changed my mind. You really should fight for her. And this is an opportunity to get this guy back that, that you know, I hate. That could have been the solution to that, but the movie didn't care enough to even provide that.
0: Yeah, no, it's just like, and he didn't even have to talk to Heather Graham in that scene. Like, they didn't have to do that at all. They could have cut 10 minutes out of the running time if they just cut that whole thing out and Chris Klein's motivations didn't change. It's like they changed for a second and then they change right back.
1: Once you start cutting useless asides from Say It Isn't So, eventually you get to the point where there's no movie. That's
0: true. I mean, they could have cut the hand in the cow's ass. They could have cut the part where Chris Klein ends up in the loony bin for like 10 minutes and then he's not. Um, They could have
1: cut the underage pierced titties?
0: Yeah, there was a... uh, Did we even talk about that? We didn't. That's like the first scene of the movie. Before Heather Graham's even introduced, Chris Klein's just at a dinner with his boss and his boss's daughter is like, check out my pierced titties.
1: Which, if she had just said, and I pierced my tits because I hate you, the fact that she's underage and is pierced, like, if we don't have to see him, that's a fine enough ending joke. I mean, such as it is. It works in the context of that scene. But she actually rips off her shirt and, like, I pierced these, and she's got, like, full womanly breasts with these jangly piercings on them. But that whole scene was meant to establish that she's an underage girl.
0: Yeah, no, she's uh, a young girl, with giant breasts. And yeah, apparently her brother... And then her brother says, Oh, that was you I saw on the internet. So her brother's been jacking off to his sister too, I guess. Maybe that was just uh, a little bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> we was, have to start here with like where it's kind of silly. And then because our main characters are going to think they're brother and sister later.
1: Well, it's also bookending the movie with a I jerked off to a relative joke. Because you have that and then you have Susan Summers at the end. Right. So yeah. it's like that was the ultimate theme of the movie. You know, like, that's, you know, you have to have, like, that's the save the cat formula. The beginning and the end have to sort of match and match up with your theme.
0: I could say this movie uh, doesn't hold up, but uh, I don't think it held up uh, for, for very long. Because remember when the guy was like, I'm going to call
1: 9-11? Which, for the record, this came out before nine eleven
0: By, like, four months?
1: Yeah. Unless this, the makers of this movie also planned nine eleven.
0: Uh, no, I was just, I was, when I heard that, I was like, man, that's so wild. I wonder if they cut that out of like uh, the video. I wonder. Remember? Cause after that happened, they were like, you know, people, yeah, you know, they were editing movies, you know, uh, movies that haven't been filmed, like changed their plots. And then they were taking stuff out of movies. Um, like they were digitally, I
1: remember the, uh, the trailer to Spider-Man had him webbing the two towers. And yeah. Had... And, yeah.
0: uh, like Zoolander, they were like digitally editing out the shots of the twin tower and the the New York city skyline because they didn't want people to remember at this one, a, a foreign Even though guy they were supposed
1: to never forget.
0: <laughs> Wipe that thing from my memory real quick. Um, in this movie, a foreign guy sees Chris Klein, thinks he's a, a pervert and goes, I'm going to call nine 11 and slams the door. And I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. This movie came out in fucking 2001. You know what I think happened? I
1: think Al Qaeda saw this
0: movie and said, and this is why the
1: terrorists <laughs> hate us. And they went, we have to attack them. They, That's the
0: date, my friends. Did you hear that? That's the date. Write it down. 9 11. As the prophet said, in say it is in so.
1: We have to attack the country that made that incest movie, that decadent incest film.
0: Man. Um, remember the pubic hair beard that doesn't have anything to do with anything?
1: That doesn't even get. Like, you don't get the moment where he is like, hey, your beard smells like an old lady's pubic hair. Yeah. I bet it is. Like, we know that it is, but Chris Klein never finds out and has, no. like, a moment where he has to, like, oh, whoa, I was wearing pubic hair. Like, not that that would have made it that much funnier, but at least that's how you construct that joke.
0: Right. Chris Klein, for about 15 minutes of this movie, is wearing a beard made out of pubic hair, and he never finds out. He never realizes it. No one ever smells his beard and goes, your your face smells no, like pussy? No, you
1: missed that. Orlando Jones smells his beard and makes a face like he recognizes what it smells like, but never says anything.
0: But never says it. It's almost like, he, yeah, I didn't even sense that he was smelling the beard. I thought he was just smelling something in the air. And I was commending Orlando Jones for like being the only person who like, realized that there was a hint of a joke that you could make out of that scene
1: oh no see i was waiting for that to be the setup to the punchline where he's the one that reveals what it was and then it never happens. yeah no
0: it it, it's just they they were like wouldn't it be fun if he had a pubic hair beard but you know the craziest fucking
1: thing about this joke is it's also a setup to a completely different joke because i don't know if you noticed she's putting the hairs in a bucket of kfc that they use as a makeshift trash can
0: oh yeah no i thought someone was going to eat the pubic hair or the pubic exactly. hair was gonna Aren't get you on.
1: Waiting the on somebody to go, Mm-mm, KFC fried chicken. Yeah. And then eat pubic hair. So it's the setup to two jokes mm-hmm. that never fucking happened.
0: You know, and I I hate to be the guy who's like saying, you know what would have made this movie better is if someone ate a bucket full of pubic hair thinking it was delicious chicken, but at least that would have Paid off the joke you set up,
1: especially if you make it. You make the lady a gross old fat lady, and she brought the KFC. And Heather Graham, who has already been established, is kind of bumbling around in the workplace. Work she used the what she thought was a trash can, and then she's like, "Oh, I got my fried chicken. Mm, nom nom nom. Mm, tastes a little hairier than normal, but that's okay." <laughs>
0: <laughs> this chicken tastes a little hairier.
1: <laughs> and then she just walks away, eating her fucking own pew. eating her own ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly that, clearly we're such better writers. Fuck, man.
0: I mean, but, yeah, but it's like damned if you do, because if there was a scene where a lady was eating a bucket of pubic chicken, I would be, the thing I would be talking about is, fuck, I didn't have to see the pubic hair on the chicken.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is it better to have the joke aborted in the way it was or the way we, we are suggesting it should have been, which would have been just as bad?
0: Yeah, um what else we got yeah cause we've talked too long about this shitty movie uh the banner plane I feel like we
1: barely talked about the actual specifics of the movie though
0: yeah no we've just been pitching <laughs> incest rom-coms
1: and that's the banner plane because that's another thing about this movie as much as like there are jokes that seem like they were set up and that never happened every joke that does pay off is so laboriously fucking telegraphed Oh, the knot thing is coming off the sign. And I feel like that's an early 2000s dumb comedy thing is like people watching these movies are fucking dumb. We got to show everything. You know, I, th- I feel like the way to do that joke is you have the knot fly off in the air. Yeah. So that, that there's not so much time where you're expecting it.
0: Seconds before it happens. Yeah, because how it happens is he's going to break up the wedding with a banner plane. The banner says, I'm not your sister, marry me. But as the plane is taking off, we see... The the words get scraped off, so now it says, "I'm your sister, marry me." I'm um, your brother, by the way. The oh yeah, brother, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm that's, your that's brother. That's the other
1: reveal that they cut. Chris <laughs> Klein had a vagina the whole
0: time. Yeah, so now the banner plane says, "I'm your brother, marry me." But yeah, we've already we already know what is happening, and so now we're seeing Chris Klein go. Just look at the banner; it says everything. "Marry me, marry me," and she's like, "Oh, gross." And
1: that being said, I liked his performance in that
0: the just how how far he was. The sign says it all. (laughs) Read the sign. I'm not going to vocally say, I'm not your brother. Also, I'm not going to point out the fact that there's a big space between I'm and your brother. So there was obviously a word there at one point. Yeah. (laughs) It says, I'm space, your brother. They also could have made that make more sense. Like, you know, it it bunches together or something. The lines get caught. Instead of of the words getting scraped off, just the lines get caught. And so that way the the banner looks like it reads I'm your brother marry me.
1: Okay, and you even you can even step that joke up because previously he did the banner thing to, to propose marrying her in the beginning of the movie and she real she establishes that she knew all the all the time. She plays a little joke on him cuz her uncle I think was a uh, actually flew the plane.
0: Right. Her so uncle you could is have a banner had, plane flyer.
1: You could have started a joke you could have had a joke where a similar kind of joke where like it's it comes up wrong and she's like, Yeah, I know that's my uncle's plane. That happens all the time with those, the lines bunch up and the the words get messed up. Like you set that up like that happens all the time. Yeah. And then it happens again here. You know, and that's the joke.
0: Yeah, no, this is just a way better way to tell that joke rather than tell you the tell you the setup and then just elongate the punchline for five minutes and then finally hit you with the punchline that you they had already given you it's basically like set up punchline and we're still doing the punchline and And punchline's still going every
1: joke in this movie is some derivation of that
0: yeah either that or they set up a joke and they either fuck up the punchline or they forget to do it entirely yeah.
1: Oh, I, I remember saying I laughed at one line. I can't even remember what it is now.
0: Um, there there was something I laughed at once. I had one laugh in the movie, but I can't remember what it was now.
1: I mean, I'm sure it was something Orlando Jones said.
0: Maybe. It wasn't a big laugh. I, I, if I remember my laugh correctly, it was more of like a, huh, eh, eh, yeah, okay. But <laughs> right. same, it was
1: something somebody said, and I think I even said out loud, like, oh, I think that's a funny line. And, but that's the, that's the other thing. This movie was so bad, I got no uh, fucking Stockholm laughter. We get that all the time with bad movies. I, I was waiting for like the, the end of Caddyshack 2 where the dogs are fucking to go like, oh, that's something. Never fucking happened. Yeah, no.
0: Nah, even when Squiggy showed up. <laughs> like I, This movie didn't even make me feel joy for seeing fucking Squiggy pop up in a movie.
1: Yeah, unofficial SNL <laughs> alum. Squig- he's been enough of these fucking movies.
0: <laughs> this is not the first time we've watched a movie with a Squiggy cameo.
1: No, I think we've said before that he's basically he might as well be on the list.
0: Uh, Squiggy. Um, yeah, Squiggy's in here. Um, <clears throat> I guess we talked about the hand in the cow's ass, but that's another one where, okay, so at, for no reason, Chris Klein is trying to walk. But he gets, uh, there's a whole bunch of cows. So he's punching the cow, trying to get it to move. And his hand goes right in the cow's ass. And then he walks into town, still with his hand in the cow's ass. And then he meets Heather Graham. And she's like, what are you doing with that, your hand in that cow's ass? And he's like, oh, uh, uh, uh. And his hand pops out of the cow's ass. As if he could have done that earlier.
1: But even there, you could have made a joke. Like, he was clenching his fist or something that was stopping him. And like... like like putting your hand in the Pringle jar or something
0: yeah like oh this movie's just stupid on fucking premise level because you're going to see this movie you know they're not brother and sister because you saw the fucking commercial for it and then so halfway through the movie it's like oh they're brother and sister wait I know they're not going to be wait what's the fucking point
1: you think there was a contingent of the audience that was like I really want to see a movie where brothers and sisters fuck, but if I find out that they're not actually brothers and sisters, then fuck that movie. No. So they watched the trailer of this, and they were like, well, fuck, I know they're not really brothers and sisters fucking, so that get, takes my boner
0: away right away. <laughs> I'm thinking you should have uh, kept that a secret to the audience that went and, you know, think that they're in for a nice romantic comedy about sister fucking. And then you pull the rug under their eyes. You go, ah, they weren't brother and sister after all.
1: So, I feel like there's a larger group of people that are like, they better not actually be brother and sister or I'm fucking right No, no, no.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You coax people into the theater with the the tempting fate siren song of sister fucking. And then you pull, but then you already got their sweet, sweet pervert money. See, that's the thing. When I got, when I went to see that first
1: Spider-Man movie, I was like, I'm pretty sure him and, and Mary Jane are are sisters, right? I'm only gonna watch this fucking Spider-Man movie if I think Peter Parker and Mary Jane are actually related before they fuck.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you know how Hollywood works. That's why so many movies are marketed with the, <laughs> the promise of incest.
1: Oh, man. You know what I will say? Heather Graham, I feel like missed her, her mark with like these, like the like, the thing that Drew Barrymore kind of fell into after, like, you know, uh, the, the Adam Sandler movies and then she did, like, Riding in Cars with Boys and Never Been Kissed. Like, that kind of, you know, just... Well, you don't really have to be great. You just have to be kind of cute and you have to just want her to get the guy at the end. Like, she should have been in, like, a million of those movies.
0: Yeah, and I, I remember her being in a million of those movies, but apparently it was Austin Powers and Goldmember after Boogie Nights and then fucking Say It Isn't So and then, <laughs> Career Shitsville
1: yeah I'm surprised she didn't kind of like pursue that or maybe she just didn't find them interesting like, she seems like she always wanted to go for weird movies like I mean this is weird in a different way this seems like a cash grab but like she seems like she was doing a lot of indie movies like like Boogie Nights is kind of a thing where like you know well that that's was her first my, movie
0: you know. I mean I it wasn't like, her first movie but that was like her the movie where people started to remember her, because she was in Twin Peaks like in the early 90s. Oh, that's right. So yeah, yeah she's older we than she... We just watched Twin
1: Peaks and yeah. I like, forgot she was older. Now, early.
0: she's older than she appears to be because yeah, then she started playing like young girls in the late 90s but yeah, she was like probably uh, over 30 when she was... Uh,
1: well, I looked it up. She's 51 stuff. now and this was 20 years ago, so...
0: 90... Yeah. 90, yeah, so she... Well, yeah, 30's not old. Fuck <laughs> <Okay>. it.
1: <laughs> well, no, I didn't think she... And I don't think she looked old but she is the fucking 10 years older than Chris Klein is in this movie and that's a little weird.
0: No, she looks young. That didn't bother me at all. Alright, so... I mean, say it, it didn't bother so. me
1: when I thought they were brother and sister, but the fact that she was <laughs> almost ten years older than him, that's fucking gross.
0: I ain't got a problem with your sister fucking, but she's a good nine years older than you, boy. I say it's an
1: Adam Sandler character from a completely different movie.
0: Hands off the cougars there, boy. Go back to fucking your sister.
1: Is this a crossover with That's My Boy, which also ends with an incest <laughs> reveal?
0: Yeah, but that one was better handled. Again, the subtle nuances of "That's My Boy" have n- nothing on "Say It Isn't So." All I would right. say
1: "That's My Boy" is at least equally, if not grosser, in like, terms of the premise yes. and the, the the subject matter. But it just handles it so much better that I actually think that's an okay movie.
0: Yeah, uh, I, again, I think there's a way to make an incest comedy, but it's definitely not "Say It Isn't So." Not fucking this. Um, all right, so moving on to next week, I'm rolling a random number generator. Uh, so let's move over to 148, which is Keenan Thompson.
1: Fuck. Is it Wiener, whatever the fucking movie is? Fuck,
0: we might have to watch Wieners. We just might I mean, have would to be do I kind that. of
1: interested in watching Wieners.
0: You know what? Uh, I said a little bit ago that um, I'm tired of watching these shitty movies, but the promise of Wieners...
1: Oh man well, why do they... we fucking do this to ourselves? <laughs> you know we could this could be the last episode we could just end it anytime. Ooh,
0: good. hey, I'm cool with not doing any, anything on Thursdays. <laughs> all right, actor uh, all right Keenan Thompson. D two the Mighty Ducks, Heavyweights. D three the Mighty Ducks.
1: You know, I'd watch Heavyweights. That's a fun movie. Uh, I could watch
0: Heavyweights. Um,
1: I mean, I don't know if we'll have much to talk about, but it's a. I think it's an okay movie. Like we could watch something that isn't shit.
0: Snakes on a plane.
1: Because if it's, I think if it's anything else, it's probably snakes on a plane or wieners.
0: Wieners. Stan Helsing. The Smurfs. The Smurfs two. Okay, so what is what is it gonna be? I I. <sighs>
1: I'm saying either Heavyweights, Wieners, or Snakes on a Plane.
0: Um, I could do any three of those movies. Um...
1: Heavyweights, if we just want to say, fuck it, it's like an airhead situation, we just want to watch a movie we'll like. Between the two, between Wieners and, and Snakes on a Plane, Wieners would probably be the more interesting just because it's such a weird, obscure fucking movie. Look it up, see if we can even find it. Snakes on a Plane, I feel like, I've never seen it, but I've heard it's it's disappointing to the so bad it's good philosophy.
0: Yeah, I when it came out, I was disappointed because I really wanted something like campy, you know, like. Um, but the problem with the snakes on a plane is, it's too campy. It knows it's campy. It's a it's a shark nator NATO situation.
1: Okay, so yeah, I don't know how much that would work for the podcast.
0: But it's not even campy enough on a so bad it's good level.
1: W- Wieners has the potential to be like, what the fuck is this? Because it's you know, what the fuck is it? All right.
0: We're gonna or watch or heavyweights,
1: m- or heavyweights, if we just want to say fuck it. It's up to you. Um, I am happy to say fuck it. No. Nah. Okay. I'm going wieners. All right. I just want, I just want us both to understand what we're going into here. <laughs> we had the option. We had an out. We could have watched heavyweights,
0: but we're watching wieners. I mean, uh, I can't not watch it. Look at the poster for wieners. It's <laughs> Keenan Thompson. His fucking fat ass face right in front there. <laughs> and a he, fucking wiener truck. And he's he's on a package of hot dogs.
1: Okay. Okay, that's it. That's what we're doing. That's this is our life now.
0: So so it shall be said, so it shall be. Next week I will be watching wieners.
1: And apparently I will or maybe I won't watch it. Maybe I'll watch heavyweights and just pretend and see if you can guess if I watch the movie. <laughs>
0: Oh man! All right. I don't know what Wieners is about. It's a road trip comedy about. I believe a guy it's a,
1: about a road trip in the
0: Wienermobile, isn't it? Who travels cross country in a Wiener wagon to beat up a popular daytime talk show therapist? All right, eighty-nine minutes of Kenan Thompson in a mobile no, next that's, week.
1: That's something. Eighty-nine minutes isn't too bad.
0: I can do that. All right. <laughs> next week it's Wieners. Fuck our lives. Um... <laughs> Until we see you again. Get off you the know, shit